Hey there, cats and kittens. Welcome to 2017. It's Geraldine speaking. Very sorry there were no podcasts in January. The reason for it I do talk about briefly in this particular episode, which was recorded yesterday. It's the 1st of February 2017. I haven't done any episodes in Jan and I recorded this on the 31st of January 2017 with a very, very good friend of mine who I will introduce in my narration voice very shortly. Uh, Meanwhile, I do have two shows on sale in the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, Uh, so please go check out Fox Ponsing or Sunglasses at Night is coming back for three nights at the Melbourne Town Hall. Fox Ponsing's on at Malthouse Theatre. They're on sale right now, so maybe go to www.geraldinequinn.com Also, I am just setting up my Patreon page. I started it in 2014 or 13, I think, and I'm finally finishing it off. So that will be up soon. Um, I've got a couple of film clips on the way as well. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Please share it. Uh, I know it's a really niche kind of a podcast, but I think you'll agree that we talk about all kinds of shit. Oh, yeah. There's some pretty serious swearing warnings in this one. And a lot of adult content. Oh my god, there's so much adult content. And a lot of nerdy things. Theatre nerd stuff and Doctor Who nerd stuff. So uh, I reckon it might be one of my highest rating episodes yet. With your help. Let's get on with it. there cats and kittens here is my narration voice welcome to bang on the strillers with me geraldine quinn it's the cabaret podcast but i also talk to whoever the hell i want yes in this episode i am talking to one of my oldest friends scott brennan he is an actor he is a writer he's a director he's also a wonderful musician and a massive david bowie fan we talk about the apocalypse everybody's secret drawer baby spew ian mckellen being a filthy bugger Who'd be a better Doctor Who, Emma Thompson or Charlie Sheen? And gay identity. Yeah, we go all over the place. We swear a lot. We talk a lot about sex. We've known each other for a long time. I might regret publishing some of the things I talk about in this. Please check out www.geraldinequinn.com for tickets to the show and have fun. We're recording now. Why? Would you like to do the introductions? I probably should introduce you at some point. Yeah. But, you know. Might be good to keep it a bit of a mystery. Mystery. (laughs) Might be a mystery because I'm going to ask you for a high-resolution photograph of yourself. Oh, God. I've only got cock shots. Oh, again. Yeah. But I can Photoshop my own face onto. The cock. Yeah. Can you Photoshop your cock onto your own cock shot? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of one of those fractal things that could just go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen video clips like that before. <laughs> Hello, Scott Brennan. Hello, Geraldine Quinn. How nice of you to invite me into your house yeah. on this very sunny day. Is it going to be a ridiculous temperature in Australia today? I, th- um, I think so. It's <laughs> happening. Apparently, we're all going to die. So, Well, up north in Victoria, it was going to be 42 or something the other day. <sighs> I didn't check whether that actually happened or not, but yeah. Mm. Yeah. We might be the only ones left. Well, at the end of this, yeah, maybe. Maybe unless everybody listens to this and then just goes, that's it. We can't top it. Yeah, well, I feel bad that if this is like Armageddon, if we are all going to die from the heat, that this might kind of be the, the, you know, when aliens come down and, 
and and find you know go do archaeological stuff <laughs> that they'll find this and go this was the most recent and clearly the pinnacle of uh, <laughs> humanity of humanity that uh, <laughs> there's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Do you do that? Like I was talking to Sonia who plays drums with me um, and about stuff because I just had to move and, and threw out lots and lots of stuff and gave away loads of stuff and she said that she did it when her aunt died. Mm-hmm. Her aunt died and she had to go over to Germany and sort out her estate and she said just the amount of stuff that you have to sort through and oh. she thought, I don't want anyone finding the things that are in my house. Hell yeah. And so she did this big clean out and she said, it's building up again now. And I said, like, I think mm. about that all the time. I was like, I put statuses up and just go, is that going to be... That's forever that now. going to be my last status? Yeah, oh God. Oh. Could you imagine? Yeah, it's a bum <laughs> joke or something. <laughs> last tweet. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There's, I just, I just want to say that um, if I do die, <laughs> just... Um, Look, there's a shoebox under my bed that I just want. Don't look in it. All right, don't, don't. Just throw it on a fire and just run because there are things that could kind of explode in there. All right, I'm just saying, just do that for me, please. <laughs> I was. I don't know whether I'll mention this prior to the actual podcast, but because the gap that I've had in this one has obviously been because of my house getting flooded in December, and mm. so I didn't put anything out in January, and and I, and and that meant that I had all these wonderful friends come over and help me pack up my house in a really short period of time, mm. and um, I. You, you just get overwhelmed. So I spent a lot of time just sort of sitting out the front, just smoking, going, oh, my God. <laughs> and there was one drawer that I said to one friend, it's like, no one needs to see what's in that drawer. Yes. And he turned up, he sort of sidled up to me with oh. an Aldi bag and went, I've got something for your secret drawer. <laughs> and then, and then I spent two weeks living at my sister's house. And, of course, there's stuff everywhere because stuff was wet and flood damaged and we were washing things and we were drying things and trying to work it all out. Out and I was mm. just trying to get on my feet, and and she said at one point, "Oh, there's a sports bag in the in the study that's got your stuff in it, and <laughs> I, I like it's a bit of bedding and whatever." And I went, "Oh, cool, thanks." And I went and I had a look and found it, and then I realised the secret bag was on the top <gasps> oh, oh. of the. So oh. I was like, "Ah." Oh. What was the look in her eye as she said, "There's a bag of." We've never stuff. spoken of it again. No, because I just kind of went no. Mm. But then she, you know, I have a. a I have a somewhat – I found an equilibrium when I was holding her small child right. a couple of weeks ago and this is, it sounds like it's going somewhere really I know. I was like, wow, this, uh, <laughs> this is the exact no, – no. and, and Stanley was looking over my shoulder and did a burp and vomited up some, some uh, milk oh. and, she's, and I've gone, oh, oh, he's been sick, he's been sick and she's like, no, he hasn't, he hasn't, looking at my shoulders. And, no, no, he managed to do – throw up down my front while right. he was looking over my shoulder. So the equilibrium I found was that whatever she may have seen in that bag, I've had my own sister's breast milk encrusted on the inside of my bra. So Yeah, wow. So Yeah, swings and roundabouts. It's a special kind of bond. Yeah, it is. It is. That's true. <laughs> Transition. I went um and stayed with my parents over Christmas and I, t- I t- took my laptop and, um, you know, I've got a whole lot of kind of series and stuff like that on, you know, TV shows and things on a hard drive and uh, and I thought, oh, they might enjoy some of these, so I'll let them have a look. Ah, oh, I should probably, I should rename that folder, <laughs> I reckon, yeah. yeah. It became like business documents or something. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of business you in, Scott? <laughs> You're not allowed to, you'd feel awkward saying what the actual title of the folder was? I think it was just porn. 
I'm a simple man. I tend to lose things. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And you, you don't. You don't want your parents knowing what you whack off to. It's just, yeah. And vice versa, I think. No, that's to be true. Fair. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I got. You know, have you ever played that? Would you that game? Would you rather? Uh, you know. Would oh you, yeah. Yeah. Would you rather have you know no arms or no legs or you know like? And one of the best ones I've ever heard was, um, "Would you rather receive a bad blowjob from your own grandmother or a good one?" <laughs> Let's just think about that. See, we deal with the big issue. So aliens from the future who are going through the detritus of mankind. Uh, that's pretty much what we got up to. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, my my grandparents are dead. <laughs> mm. So am I, which makes it kind of worse. Oh, God. Did norm, do people normally talk on this level on your podcast? If I've got anything to do with it, yeah, yeah, hell yeah, okay. I remember I was um I was in company and I got a phone call and it was from one of my parents and I'd had a bit of stuff with my parents and I just kind of went ah oh, don't want to deal with this now and legitimately I couldn't deal with it then because mm-hmm. I was in a business related company right but I my automatic reaction in my post kind of flood kind of uh, not dealing with this way was oh for fuck's sake. And um, I was my mother or whatever. I was trying to say, not say which parent it was, but I'm reasonably sure mum doesn't listen to this. Sorry, mum, if you do. But, oh. yeah, I just was, I just need some time. And, <laughs> um, and this person who, who was in company with me said, yeah, well, my parents are dead. Oh. And I just thought, I just went, what, is that f- oh. what the fuck has that got to do with anything? Oh. Yeah. yeah, awful. Actually, that person might listen to this. Oops. Uh, anyway, and we're back, and we're back after that edit. Mm. <laughs> yeah, mm. well, it's just it's that funny thing. I, re- I remember doing um, a per- performance once with um, where we were talking about our mothers, and mm. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's beyond the realms of any of the several listeners to this mm. podcast's understanding that it's possible to have a difficult relationship with a parent. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I think that's actually the norm mm. in a lot of ways. Yeah. And that some of the other people had lost a parent or didn't have their mother or whatever and so didn't have that. And I know people who, who didn't and and some of whom have been on this podcast. Jenny Winter's mum died when she was quite young. Mm. Um, but... Yeah, I got. Yeah, it was interesting that some people give you a bit of a vibe of, oh, at least, at least you've got this, and just sort yeah. of go, well, do you want a, that parent that sometimes you have all these problems with, or do you want mm. them not at all? Which I don't mm, think one's better yeah, than the other. Yeah, mm, probably better to have them and to have them annoy you. Uh, but I don't know. But um, you have a good relationship with your mum. Yeah, I do, but I reckon you know, the th- like if I had to like move in with my parents, I would I would go insane. Mm. It, you know, I just because a- well because it's very difficult for us to for anyone in our you know fortunate first world kind of state, admittedly, mm. but to to f- move on from the parent child relationship. Yes, and that yep. goes both ways. Yep. You automatically turn into a petulant teenager when you go back home and yep. your parents automatically t- treat you like one. Which one comes first? Hey, hey I don't think it matters whichever. at the end of the day. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's true. There's all this kind of history 
and uh, you do you, you fall into these kind of patterns, and I fall into because I'm the I'm the golden child, um, mm-hmm. uh, in uh, you know in my family, yeah, um, and just because you know I get on really well with my mum. Sorry, and, noise. Yeah, oh, noise of. Just um, sorry, hang on, wait. Mm. Oh, hello. Kicker. Um, yeah, so I get on really well with my parents, I guess. It, you know, we've had rocky times and all that kind of stuff. But um, I'm the one that kind of stays in most constant contact with them out of my two brothers. And also I'm, you know, the, I'm the one in showbiz and um, and I you know, get on the telly sometimes. And, <laughs> and also um, I'm the gay one, which makes me a bit more interesting. Actually a friend um, said, it was Tom Gleason said years ago, um, I think the thing with your mum, Scott, is when she found out you were gay, it just made her life a lot more interesting. <laughs> and I think that's kind of true. So I'm really aware of being the golden child. Um, so it's almost like I have to maintain that facade, I guess. Do you resent that? Because I was never the golden child. Hell no. I, there are so many benefits to being the golden child. And, be, and, and it, like things like... Um, uh, if I get busy and sort of don't talk to them for a little while, they don't really, they can't, they get what I do, yeah. but they don't really understand the kind of nuts and bolts of it and what it entails. So I just disappear into this kind of mysterious busy land for a while and that's okay. Oh, it'd be good to talk to you. I know you're busy, but normally, you know, my other brothers would be like, you know, oh, I haven't had a phone call in a while. Mm, they, you know, I get kind of, um, a little bit more leeway. And I think I don't, yeah, I don't think, <clears throat> I don't think my folks quite get how much work there is to do when mm. you don't have normal work. Yeah. Yeah. That it's like, well, what could you possibly be doing at this time of the morning? Or what could you possibly be doing at, um, well, usually the answer to that first one is sleeping. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or what could you be doing on a weekend? It's like, yeah, but I don't get a whole, I don't get public holidays. I don't get this, yeah. I don't get that. Oh, you know? yeah. I've got to sit down at a computer and make something out of nothing and yeah. then try to sell it. Yes. With my budget. Yeah. <laughs> and every time my parents come and see uh, a show that I've done or something, they'll, um, apart from the improvised ones, but mum will always say, oh, so many lines to learn. Simon, how do you do Like so that's the impressive part to her. Yeah. And I keep trying to explain to her that's the easy part. It's actually making this up that's the hard part. It's actually putting it all together. Learning it is comparatively easy. <laughs> Um, because, you know, she just, I think she thinks that scripts are like every play is like a Beckett play, just kind of um, uh, random sort of non sequitur words that don't actually fit together. It's like, no, it's actually quite easy to learn a script because you come in and say something and then they respond to that and Which then the, you respond to that. There's a logic to what you're actually talking about, And hopefully. if it doesn't seem to be one, you have to find one to learn exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. yes. But, no, she thinks that it's just you have to learn, you know, like a, a string of numbers and letters uh, that have no kind of John meaning. Pertwee never did. Didn't he always? What was the, <laughs> Didn't John Pertwee, when he was playing Doctor Who, always have this, like, one, you know, we've got to reverse the polarities and there's all oh, these yes. little... Uh, or, or, yep. or, Tom Baker was talking about one particular um, coordinate that was actually the telephone number for the BBC or <laughs> oh, something really? like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking on a day when Peter Capaldi's just said he's not going to be the doctor anymore. And my yeah. mum just texted me and was like, who's it going to be? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's what mum does remember what I like. She knows I love uh, Doctor Who. She knows I love David Bowie. So she was cuts clippings and things. Like that. That's really yep. sweet. But, yep. yeah, and so I texted her back and went, a woman, yeah. a person of colour, yeah, maybe that'd, both. That would be great. <laughs> that would be awesome. 
Yeah. I'd almost yeah. like it not to be both mm. because, uh, I mean, it can be, be but I don't of... want them to try to tick all the boxes in one Doctor Who. Yeah. It'd be nice if it was like, you know, I don't know, an Asian woman in her 60s or something. <laughs> Why are you not Doctor? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> I'm so sorry, listeners. Sorry, listeners. And then the next one might be, you know, a black guy or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And then we can just kind of go, well, why can't he be all these different things? We've already, haven't we already broken the whole gender rule and the Time Lord regeneration well, thing? Oh hell yes. Yeah. Yeah, with Missy. Mm, yeah. I loved her. <gasps> oh, um, what's her name? Selena. I can't remember her last Gomez. name. Not Gomez. No. Selena she Williams. Is, she has got a Spanish background, I Something think. Something like She's yes. Scottish. Yes. Hey there, cats and kittens. Geraldine from the future here, but also from the past. Oh, my God. It's so confusing in a conversation about Time Lords. Anyway, the actor we're trying to think of is Michelle Gomez. So we were actually both right in our own special like a bus ways. Back to the podcast. And she's a great actor. She was in um, Green Wing. She's in the series Green Wing. He's talking nonsense. They had Tams and Greg. Oh, and you're just making things up. Julian Reese Muldoon. That's not his real name. I can't remember his name. Jesus. And uh, Stephen Mangan. It was who, a. Who would you want to play the Doctor then? Like there was talk of Helen Mirren. I like know. They were, people were going, Helen Mirren. She would be a good Doctor. Miriam but... Margolis. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, God, that would be awesome. <laughs> Oh, what about younger women though? Like with these, uh, these fantastic older women that would be great doctors. What, like Maisie Williams or something from mm. Game of Thrones? Oh yes, Arya Stark. Ooh. Um, or, or, or someone like Michaela Cole. Or who is who's that wonderful actress actor, actor. who played? The lead character in Zadie Smith, the, t- the TV adaptation of White Teeth. Naomi Harris. Oh, and she's idea. in 28 Days Later. Oh. And I'm bad at this. We're like, this is like sort of old people going, oh, what's, this, what's that actor's oh, name? name? Oh, come on, you know that the name. Actor. Yes. The actor. Um, the actor. She's pretty spunky. Mm-hmm. Um, or what about uh, a really good, like, uh, subcontinental Asian female actor mm. um, or something, now that I can't mm. think of any. Because uh, Capaldi's been pretty good. I really like I Capaldi. Love, who doesn't love Capaldi? Yeah. I mean. He's such a good actor. He's amazing. Have you ever seen that episode of, of is, is it a Prime Suspect episode mm-hmm. where he plays uh, transgender or, or drag? I can't remember which. That sounds awful that I said that, but I actually can't remember the, if the character was. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely lived as a woman, but I'm not sure if they'd actually yep. undergone any um, physical transformation. But mm. she, the character was, uh, she was the partner of the murder victim. Mm. And she, her name was something like Valerie, something wonderful like Valerie. And it was mm. Peter Capaldi in a wig. Amazing. And and he was great. Yeah, of um, course he was. Uh, but, yeah, also he popped up in one of the 90s episodes of Comic Strip Presents. There's oh. an episode called Jealousy that mm-hmm. uh, he plays uh, Jennifer Saunders' husband right. who's convinced that she's having an affair. Right. And she's like, you're, you're insane. What are you talking about? This is ridiculous. And, like, he ends up, again, he ends up in drag actually and follows <laughs> follows her to a gay club to try and find out what's going on. Yeah, and then when pain. he's finally convinced himself that she's not having an affair and he's actually just going crazy, he finds a man in the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as he's being carried away by the police after this, after wreaking havoc, after this, this wave and wave of destruction, he's like, I was right! I was right! 
<laughs> what a legend. He's pretty great. Oh, man. I would like to play Doctor Who. I'd like to play with Peter Capaldi. Mm. <laughs> Is he a... What? What? No, I was going to... Do you see an older gentleman that you would be... Yeah, I was going to ask you the same question. Right. If there's um, an older, older gentleman that you'd still go, yeah, all right. No. Not, not that we're being ageist. No. No, no. I, just, I'm not, I don't know. If there's something about... I think because... I grew up watching Doctor Who and I've loved Doctor Who for so long. I can't see the Doctor in a kind of sexual attraction sort no, of. No, he's like Sherlock Holmes for me in that sense. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think Sherlock Holmes is a sexual character. Mm. And so it's almost like, it's like being attracted because he's been, you know, part of my whole life. It's like, you know, being attracted to your own brother or something. It's just, nah. But what if you go out of Doctor Who land and just think of an... So, look, I, I'd probably still oh. look at Donald Sutherland with a glint in my eye. Right. See, I think uh, maybe, you know, I think Peter Capaldi, he, like he could charm you into, you know, like he would charm me. Oh, yeah. He'd just fix me with those piercing eyes. <laughs> um, and be lovely. And be lovely. <laughs> yeah. Michael yeah. Keaton. I reckon, I'd, I reckon I'd have a look at Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Mm. Mm. I'm trying to think of kind of older... I always had a thing for a Patrick Stewart. Oh, really? That was a voice thing. Oh, well, see, John That's Sutherland's it. a voice thing. John Hurt yeah. was a voice thing. I would yeah. have done John Hurt. Not now, but, you know. No. <laughs> and uh, um, Ian McKellen. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that's another fantastic voice. Yes. But also because I reckon Ian McKellen would just be a dirty, dirty fucker. Dirty oh, fucker. Yeah, he would. He would just he'd show you that time of your life. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like, why would I get embarrassed yeah, now? God. Yeah, he would be like, I'd be like, well, fuck, where did you get that outfit? Like, he'd just, <laughs> they'd be just, he'd open a suitcase and they'd just, just which one? Yeah, <laughs> that, you know that, you know that um, somewhere in his house, you you just flick a book in the bookcase and a door opens up and there's a dungeon or something. I reckon, you know, like he's, he, of course, he's, you know. Got that. Or a wine cellar or something, yeah. <laughs> wine, I'm not sure. Wine cellar come dungeon. Yes. Wine cellar come, come dungeon. dungeon. There we go. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> what about ladies? Mm. What about ladies? Maybe I reckon I reckon Vanessa Redgrave. Ooh. What, you'd have a crack at? I or have you'd... a crack at Vanessa Redgrave. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, um, I would have had a crack at Wendy Hiller when she was alive and Billy Whitelaw. Golly. Yeah. See, I, I – um, Miriam Margulies, who she's not your she's kind of traditional – sexy lady. She's a sexy lady, yeah. Because, yeah. like, her sexuality is right on the surface as well. Like, she really kind of owns it. She's and, fruity as fuck. Oh, man, could you imagine uh, being – in a dungeon with Miriam Margulies and Ian McKellen. That would just be, holy crap. Like you couldn't walk for a week, honestly. <laughs> I'd go to their come dungeon any day. Any day. And the good any thing about them is like, the, like you would just be put through the ringer. But they would have um, all the kind of, you know, uh, soothing creams and unguents to kind of help you through. So you'd come out, um, you know, smelling sweetly. Uh, and with, with fantastic all of, skin, with balms and and soothing ointments, but it would 
Yeah, it would be like a fucking train wreck in there. Just be, <laughs> Anointed yeah. in filth. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, they do it properly. And then you'd have a lovely cup of tea afterwards. Oh, I'm just gone. Mm. Yeah, mm. nice. Yep. Nice. And then wow. they'd, they'd call you and check up on you a little bit later in the day. <laughs> That's right, yes. Oh, you'd get a card saying thank you. They'd probably invite you around for a pot roast. Yep. And then they'd roast you. Yeah, then in you'd the have pot. a spit roast. See, well, a spit roast, like, I was, th- you, that, I think spit roast is the, you know, the position of the spit roast. We're really dealing. Not not personally, but intellectually. Yes, you know that, you know, it's not a very good spit roast. I don't think it's the right term because. um, Well, it's more like a corn on the cob. If that that was a spit roast, only one side would get cooked because there's no actual kind of turning. There's no rotation. There's no rotation. I can't imagine like someone being spit roasted and they kind of get around with their legs in the air, like that, the cocks aren't kind of load bearing. <laughs> they can't support the weight. Well, yours is, is what. Well, they're load bearing, <laughs> but they can't support the weight. So I think it's just it's like a broken spit roast. It's like it's not like you know actually cooking a lamb on a pig on a spit. Think of it like a tableau. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right, a tableau. And now we're thinking, <laughs> now we're thinking of tableaus. Tableaus. Then the tableau of yep. Miriam Margolis and Ian McKellen's, Sir Ian McKellen's, and yes. I think it might even be Dame Miriam Margolis, I'm not yes. sure, yeah. of their cum dungeon would yep. be Hieronymus Bosch. Totally, totally. Um, but also they'd have like doilies, <laughs> I think. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Absorbent doilies. Absolutely, darling. And um, <laughs> and a satin cushion and things like that. And there'd be just a, a simply gorgeous drinks cabinet over in the corner. And it'd be like, oh, gosh. Um, you know, it'd be like, you know, can I offer you a martini? Up your ass. And it'd just... It would, Creme de Mont. <laughs> I would have said Sean Connery, but he's just a grumpy old bastard. He'd but, complain. Yeah, he would. He would complain. About everything. Jessie Norman, the opera singer. Jessie Normus. <laughs> she's a large lady. A large lady. But she's, she's quite beautiful. Mm. Huge, wonderful soprano voice. Rich, rich, rich. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's, she's not so um, – she's getting older but not so old. But um, I always had a bit of a thing for Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore? Mm. Oh, um, she's not that old. She no, doesn't she, look her age either. No, but I reckon she'd just be funny in the sack. <sighs> and uh, and Kate Winslet, I always said I would turn for Kate Winslet. Oh, and she, she'd be filthy. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, the dirty talk. <laughs> Emma Thompson. <Ooh>. Oh, <gasps> yes. yes. Now, she would be a good doctor. Oh. She would be a great doctor. Oh, she would be... Oh. She would be amazing. Or Jennifer Saunders as the doctor. Jennifer Saunders. Not so convinced. No. I do I I do Emma Thompson in every sense as doctor mm. and otherwise. Mm. Um <laughs> I just think I just love her. Alan Rickman would have been a great doctor, oh. but that's just another white guy, so yeah, but, you know. But, but that's another voice. Oh, <gasps> a white guy. That was another voice. If Donald Pleasance went around was around, he would have been a good doctor. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, they'll probably get Charlie Sheen to play the doctor. <laughs> well, oh, if wow. we're lucky. Could you imagine? <laughs> Must we? Oh. <laughs> Like the three and a half men come sort of Doctor Who mash up 
Martin Sheen, maybe Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. I am. Martin Sheen's good value. What must he think? He's been silent on... Uh, Yeah. I guess he'd have to support his son. But there would surely be a point where any parent would just go, oh, God, my son is a douche. He's a dickhead. Yeah. (laughs) At what point do you just go, oh, for fuck's sake, I may be your parent, but... Maybe he has and that's why he's not saying much. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, I would just be a circus. Yeah. Kirsten Wig would be an interesting doctor if they went that American Ooh. way. I don't want to see an American as Doctor Who. I don't want to see an American as Doctor Who no either. Way. What about mm. an Irish doctor? An Irish doctor. Just not Colin Farrell for God's sake. No. Mm. A Welsh doctor. <gasps> Someone like, um, she's not Irish, but... Um, Brenda Blethyn. Oh, yeah, she would be good. She'd be an awesome doctor. She would be very good. Oh, the actress, that wonderful actress who played, um, oh, speaking of Brenda Blethyn in Secrets and Lies, who played Hortense. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Marianne Jean-Baptiste is who I'm thinking of. Sorry. She'd be, she'd be really interesting too. Yeah. And she's about, I think she's about 50 now. Right. Yeah. Well, they go for an old one because they did the, you know, that was quite a departure with Matt Smith. That the thing so is, I, I reckon if they go, if they, I reckon if they go female, they're not going to go older. And I think if they go female, they should. Mm. I think, I think they should. I think it would be. It would be a younger. Well, there's just, there's not like there's a dearth of roles for younger women, is there? No. Compared to older women, so mm. I reckon they might go for that kind of tricky middle age for that middle women. A- yeah, where, yeah. You know, because you're either a you know a pretty young thing for uh, women, or either pretty young things or older matronly, and it's sort of you know there's not many roles for Olivia Coleman. Who's Olivia Coleman? Oh, Broadchurch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. And Peep Show and yep. and Hot Fuzz and mm. she'd be. Paddy Considine, actually, would be really good too. Okay, I'm just, just naming saying, people. You're making you know. names up. I don't like <laughs> Not it. Not making names I up. They're real like people. It. She's just making things up. <laughs> so this has <laughs> become the, the Doctor Who podcast. Yes, it'll become the sexy Doctor Who podcast. Yes. Which oh. if I hashtag that, then I might get more than three listeners. Yep. So out of all the Doctors over the entire series. Yes. Who's the hottest? Ah. Oh. The whole, like... Out of all of the them. The history. Yep. Oh, they've all got such different qualities. Mm. I mean, that's like looking at my vast sexual history mm. and going, expecting there to be any kind of... Anyone in it. Commonality. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, zing! Zing! Yeah. Oh. Uh, it's Capaldi. The... Capaldi's pretty up there. It's mm. hard to go past Tom. Yep. He's got a bit of a sexiness about him again, mm. that voice. Mm-hmm. I do have a soft spot for Patrick Troughton. Yeah, right. But I think that's partly because of um, the magnificent role he played in The Omen as well. Right. And and the guy died like while he was in a hotel room at a fucking convention. Right. Like he toured everywhere afterwards. Right. What about Peter Davidson? You know, Peter Davidson was always bland to me mm. and then when I got older I appreciated him a lot more. You listen to some of the DVD commentaries, he's killingly funny and then, of course, mm. he popped up in stuff like At Home with the Braithwaites and those sorts of shows and, and he was just magnificent. Mm. Um, he's a funny, funny, funny man. And, of course, he's, you know, married to um, or was anyway, I think he still is, to what's her name? 
the American actress who was in Hitchhikers, who uh, played power to the probability yeah. of power to one hundred yes, millions trillion. Against. Trillion. He was um, the actress who plays Trillion, oh, right. married in the series. In the original series? No, they were actually married. But like in the original... Um, the original Hitchhikers, Hitchhikers series, yeah, right. that oh, actress wow. yep. married Peter Davidson mm-hmm. and then uh, David Tennant, I nearly said Neil Tennant, I nearly had a Pet mm. Boys moment. David, which is who he named himself after, <laughs> trivia, mm-hmm. um, David Tennant married their daughter oh, who was right. also a guest in yes, an episode. that's yeah. true. So it's all this big sci-fi fuck oh, fest. Oh, man, it's just it's a nerd's wet dream, their family <laughs> gatherings. <laughs> Good Lord. Actually, speaking of kind of, you know, connections, I um, worked with Barry Crocker. Um, a <gasps> he's few a times. sexy man. Yeah. <laughs> he's, well, he's married to Katie Manning. Yes. Yeah. And he bought her a set. One day, <gasps> no. Uh, he came and like was on a show that I was on, and um, I lost my mind because Katie Manning is this, she's glorious. She's a glorious, amazing, mental creature, and like I, you know, remembered her from the Pertwee years. Yeah, she was, played Joe in Doctor Who. Yeah, um, and she's I think she's a bit of a fag hag, which you know, hanging out with you know Barry Crocker, he's kind of the the. Bit of a fag hag as well, <laughs> um, but she was oh, she was just amazing, and we just became like for the, the few hours that we spent together became best friends for that period of time. Oh, darling, yes. Oh, and she's such a lovely. She's such a lovely. Oh, oh, you're gorgeous, you darling thing. Thank you. And and I said to her, kind of, I'm such a big fan. You know, I grew up kind of watching you. And I remember, oh, darling, thank you. Oh, you're so sweet. Oh, thank you, darling, and giving me lots of hugs. And yeah, I lost my I lost my mind because I got to hang out with Katie Manning. Well, your old housemate, like when I first met you twenty <gasps> something years ago, her dad yes. was in the Ark in space. That's and right. That he got pil- killed by a piece of green bubble wrap bubble in the wrap. Ark in space. <laughs> John Gregg, yes. Um, yeah, that was pretty exciting. Sophie? Sophia? Was Sophie, Sophie. Sophie Gregg, yeah. yes. Um, who's an actress in Sydney. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, that's, uh, there are all these little connections to Doctor Who. That is one of my favourite um, stories ever. Oh. I think I like, I really like, what do they call them in drama when everyone's in the same room for the pretty much the whole of the thing? It's called like, like ensemble. a closed or, bottle or something like that. Right. So like some of the best comedy episodes in sitcoms are the ones where they don't leave the house. So when the oh, goodies yes. got, got um, concreted into the house at Christmas mm. and they all had to deal with their relationships with each other and everything that was messed up about their relationships with each other is just one of the best episodes. And similarly mm. in the Arkansas, space. Mm. I mean, they go to different worlds and they see different tribes and they see um, different civilizations all the time, um, and different planets and whatever, but they were stuck. They were really enclosed. Yeah. felt stuck on this space and there was a threat there and nobody could work out where it was. Mm. And then, of course, the little weird green things got bigger and bigger. And then people started waking up um, from their stasis only to be killed. And yeah. that, I just think it's one of my favourite episodes and mm. it's one of the episodes I thought that... Um, Ian Sullivan, no, the Harry Sullivan's name of the character. Ian, um, what's his last name? Uh, him. Him. The act is dead yes. now, and yeah. he wrote a couple of books as well. I'm really sorry, Doctor Who fans. I know his name. <laughs> um, I do, but he was really gorgeous in that, particularly. Uh, yeah. um, 
Because I think they were originally going to cast somebody a lot older when they cast Harry. Right. Um, but he had one scene I always remembered with him and Tom Baker in this corridor. Oh, <laughs> surprise, surprise. In a a Doctor Who scene in a corridor. Yeah. And, and he said, I saw something moving. And he basically had a variation of the line, I saw something moving. I'm not making it up. I saw something moving. Mm. No, it was really, I saw something moving. And he had three times, three variations on it while Tom Baker's going, nonsense, what are you talking about? And it was just a really nice moment of an actor who could have seriously fucked up a really simple line, Mm. just being more and more insistent in a nice subtle way. Mm. And I went, you're a good actor. There's not much subtlety. He was a good actor. I want to say Ian McNamara. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll break in with a voiceover and say, the actor that I was thinking yeah. of was. Oh, it's just like the Wonder Years. No. Um, this. Do you the Wonder Years? <laughs> yeah, I do. I never loved the Wonder Years. No, neither did I. I found it all a bit twee. Yeah. Just all a bit, oh, you know, childhood was so great. Yeah, and, and everything had a lesson to it. Uh, like if I just... want my lessons, I watched Degrassi Junior High, thanks. <sighs> Yes, yep. They covered everything. They did. They actually got quite sort of, you know, full on and, you know. Claude. Claude killed himself in a Jesus. cubicle. You fucked Laura Campanelli. And <laughs> just, yeah, just, it was, yeah. Crazy. Wheels had a really rough trot. Oh, didn't he just? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Transitions. So to go back to the, the question before, I don't know who might, the hottest, it's hard to pick the hottest doctor. Maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know, I'd. David Tennant, I, you know. I really, really loved David Tennant from when I first saw him in People Like Us episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a terrific actor. I got a little weary of his doctor after I did, a while. I have to say I did too. Mm. I, um, I kind of got to see the same thing over a lot, a, a lot. Like the same faces, the same. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's why I liked Matt Smith. Matt Smith was a bit more um, unexpected and unpredictable. He grew on me. First and I went, huh? And then mm. I went, no, oh, he's a smart guy. Yeah. yeah. Just he kind of um, often I think plays things in a kind of counterintuitive way. He doesn't, doesn't um, go with his first impulse. Mm. Um, and so it meant that like often I'd see scenes with Matt Smith and I'd go, I I, I I can imagine how David Tennant would play this. Like I know how David Tennant would play this, but Matt Smith, you're doing something unexpected. It wasn't quite expected, yeah. yeah. (laughs) To be, you know, when he's really angry to suddenly become very calm. Um, You know, when he's very calm, you know, to to take things in different directions and be a bit... Well, that volatility was part of what I think I always liked about Mm. the character anyway. And and I think that's the same thing about... um, Again, I draw the comparison with Sherlock Holmes mm. is that Holmes as a character, I'm one of those people who's read the whole Sherlock Holmes canon, like I used to read it every year. Mm. Um, and it, it, it's someone who doesn't behave in the way that people think they should or expect to. Mm. There's a volatility to both of them that I think makes them interesting and work. I can't think of any female characters like that. Mm. That aren't just, you know, unless they're played by Eleanor Braun in a bit part in a... So I do Eleanor Braun. Mm. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, you got quite flustered then. You oh. you got... Oh, I could see the blood's rising oh. in your face. And... <laughs> oh, my face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you don't know Eleanor Braun, she was in um, Bedazzled uh, with Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. Oh, wow. Um, she did a lot of... 
she was in a Beatles film as well. I think she was in Help, I think. Oh wow! And um, and she's very beautiful, and uh, but in a really noble kind of Grecian sort of a way. And she um, did a lot of comedy stuff. She's she turns up in a couple of sketches on. The Secret Policeman's Ball double album, oh, The Amnesty yeah. International Fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've gone from Doctor Who nerd to comedy nerd now, but yeah. but she's um, really great. You must mm. have seen Bedazzle, the original. <sighs> I think I've only seen the dreadful remake with, um, what is it, Brendan Fraser and Liz, Liz Hurley. Hurley. Brendan Fraser was pretty good in it. Mm. Brendan Fraser is underrated mm. um, as an actor. If you've seen, is it The Quiet American? Mm, uh, which no, Michael Caine's in as well. It's it's a good film. I Michael think it's based Caine. on a Thomas Green novel, I think. Right. Do you know, remember we were out the other day and you said, your brain has so many things in it. Yeah, yeah. 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 <clears throat> That's what's happening now. But it's organised like an op shop. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if you dig deep enough, you'll find a bargain. Oh, yeah, no, that's all there. There's some really good stuff in there. But You've got to like, sift through a lot of there's shit. There's fucking Lego in with the underpants and the books are all there. No, there's no order. It's just that's how your brain is. <laughs> your brain is organised like a badly run op shop. With a drunk pensioner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the helm. Totally. <laughs> and occasionally people shoplift from, yeah, shoplift from it. That, shoplift. Shoplift. That's right. Yeah. Like it's, it's the sort of break, like, you know, you'll be going through, you go, oh, that's a nice handbag and it'll open up, there'll be a doorknob in it. It's like, you know, there's fucking, there's cutlery in with the children's toys. And, and it's just a fucking that's not mess. normal. <laughs> There you, go. you should use that as a quote. She's got a brain like a badly organised op shop. <laughs> you're like a Buster Keaton film. Like you're not, you're not really getting hurt and you know what you're doing but you're still falling down the stairs, you know. <laughs> so if I stay really still then all the chaos will just fall around me except for that tiny foot, square foot. But no, right. by this stage it's just inertia that's carrying you through. You'll keep moving. Calling me a Buster Keaton film does, does suggest that there's an incredible amount of, you know, skill and organisation <laughs> exactly, behind yes, it. And I don't yes. know if that's true. Well, it's all, you're like, you know, it's all behind the scenes. It's all smoke and mirrors. <laughs> that's just the way my body works. <laughs> yep. It's just the synapses of my brain. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was talking to someone years ago and going, I think this is why I drink is when I stop drinking, which I'm not at the moment, my brain just goes, <laughs> <laughs> oh. don't drink kids. Don't drink kids. But if you drink, then it's people just go, oh, she's drinking. Oh, there we go. That is yeah. justified. You're doing everything that you're doing when you're sober. That's right. But somehow you've got a reason for it to be sober. Yeah, the same as falling down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Talking about a transition. Gays. We were talking about the gays. Mm. We were talking about the difference between, because we're both in our 40s now and I've known mm. you since we we're both at a, a play mm. uh, and you were Early about to do your second 20s. stand-up mm. routine and mm. I went to see you at the Prince Patrick Hotel. Mm. Wow. And now you've done a whole myriad of things as an actor, as a, darling, as yeah. a singer and mm. as an improviser, as a mentor, director and yeah. producer and I think just showbiz wunderkind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and it's a massive slash. Yes. And, oh, yes. And you were talking, we're talking about how we're a bit older and the gay scene now. now I'm mm. not, I'm not a gay. I, I, you're, you've, you're an honorary. I would be proud. You've got a lifetime pass. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would be proud to be able to uh, bear that mantle without any kind of um, reproach mm. or recrimination. But uh, the things are really different now that we're in our 40s. Yeah. And you were talking about your experience before we switched on the podcast. Yes, yes. Um, well, I, I just kind of... Well, talk about how I, like I think we're kind of you know the the, the gays are in a bit of a state of flux mm. at the moment, um, and it's an interesting time and it's a it's a fun time, but um we have our battles to fight. We all got to be complacent for a while, uh, and we just we're just off being gay and having fun and doing parties and do whatever you know the gay people do. Um, but now though, there are battle lines have been drawn. Um, you know the the fight has become kind of crystallised. Uh, we've got the fight for marriage equality, and there are, um, you know, like you look at Trump and how he's kind of be rolling back kind of LGBTIQ rights and all that kind of stuff. That the 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 pendulum has swung back. Um, we're no longer in that kind of happy clappy land anymore. But at the same time, um, so the battle lines are drawn, and we've we've become mobilised, and it's all become crystallised. But at the same time, being gay is no longer something that's kind of hidden. Um, it's no longer kind of you know, shameful. It's much more widely accepted. We're much more part of the community. And I think that traditionally being gay has always been the other. Um, it's always been the separate. The, you, you, to a certain extent you kind of hide. You go to a gay club and it's your own enclosed world and all that kind of stuff. But now it's become more and more accepted. And so, the, the, you know, we're, so much of our identity traditionally has been based on that fight, on that separateness. That you know now we're becoming we're more accepted and more mainstream. It's like, well, who are we now? What what does it mean to to have the gay identity? Um, and I'm not really sure what gay identity means, kind of anymore. It used to mean the pariah. It used to mean the one that had to fight just for existence. Um, and that's kind of happening, but at the same time, we are more accepted. Coming of age, I guess. I guess one of the big parts of finding out who you are is finding out who you're not. And yeah, I guess that's what yeah. a lot of that rebellion and the mainstream majority will be going. Oh, but you're not us. Yeah, you're you're different yes. from us. Um, and it's yeah, it's kind of that weird stage now where we go. Well, well, you know, we found out what we're not. <clears throat> you found out who each other are as well because yes. you're talking about, you know, bang on the strillers. Strillers is a Polari word and I keep mm. having to explain that to, to people go, what's Polari? Is it, well, oh, yeah. you, it was illegal to be gay. so Secret language. So it's a secret language that came up in the kind of community in the UK mm. um, that we've adopted heaps of uh, words from. Drag's a Polari word, I think. Right. Um, yeah. Bona drag, you're wearing, you know, you're wearing good outfits, and of yeah. course, uh, I think in, I think Clockwork Orange is, incorporates a few Polari words oh, too. Oh yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, so there's actually a lot of stuff that we have kind of absorbed, but it only existed because because of oppression, it because had to, of fear, yeah. and and so you could recognise each other in a mm. space, and then of course, um, but now you can walk down the street wearing a big T-shirt saying, "I'm a big poof." Yeah, like, well, not that <laughs> there are many T-shirts. With <laughs> like like the one poof. you've got on now. Um, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> it's just the way I wear it that screams it. Um, but that isn't going to stop some, you know, meathead from being an asshole to you. No. Or worse. No, but at least now, you know, the, we know that if 
cops, you know, people will stand up for you. We have a lot of allies now. We have, you know, laws on our side mm. um, where, you know, no longer kind of, you know, people aren't being, we're not being decimated by HIV Mm. Uh, anymore, and we're not being, you know, gays aren't being blamed for that mm. anymore. There was a whole, the cards were stacked against us for a long time. Mm. And so we were kind of the other, we were the outsider, we were the, you know, there were all sorts of assumptions made. Whereas now, and I think largely because of the whole um, equal love campaign, uh, we've been, for want of a better word, normalized in a way that, you know, the people are recognizing we're just ordinary people and we're part of the world. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, where does that leave us in terms of your sense of identity? Yeah. Man. Um, and there are people we were talking about, um, you know, the, there's some horrible elements of the gay community uh, that are really kind of anti-women, for example. Um, and yes, yes, it, uh, and there's a whole lot of sexual racism in the gay community. You have to have a look on Grinder, and you say, no, Asians and no Indians. And, and this is like, this is my bugbear. I, this drives me crazy. It's not, a, it's not racism. It's just a preference. And I said, well... If it's not racism, why are you expressing it in purely racial terms? I won't like you because of the race you are. That's pretty much the definition of racism. If it's about a preference, then talk about, you know, what you're into. Don't talk about not this race. Like, yeah. And, 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 like, I mean, <coughs> similarly, if you, if you look at it, and this is not the same thing, but, I mean, mm. just if you're talking about finding sexual partners generally mm. or finding a... A love partner, a relationship partner generally, yeah, I always find it a bit strange when anybody says I prefer this look, this age, this, that, this, the other. Now, sometimes age to a degree could come into play if you're talking about the stage of life you might want that mm-hmm. person or expect that mm-hmm. person to be in. But as somebody who's a 41, nearly 42-year-old female who's never been married, there's a whole lot of bullshit yep. that gets expected of you from that. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. I'm kind of walking around going, I be frankly happy to meet anybody. Yeah. I won't yep. fuck anybody, but I'd like to meet anybody, but I don't go, well, not you because you look like this, you wear that and you're yep. that age. You're too tall, you have the wrong job, you, yeah. Like you have preferences and that's yeah. okay, yep. but you, then you meet people and half the people I've had any kind of relationship, and for me that's longer than three weeks, mm. um, then that means that I have been surprised yeah. by a person. Yep. And they I kind sneak of the, up on you. The person was you the have, point. You have the, the, the kind of the perfect list of what you think you want in your head and then someone turns up and... It's none of those things. It's none of those things, but they give you things you didn't realise are good to have. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, wow, yeah, this is... Yeah. And it, it kind of, you know, it never happens by plan. And people are sexy in ways that you can't get across mm. in an app sometimes. Totally. You know? There's something about them that you just go, oh. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, back to Mary McGonagall. God damn it. Yeah. But it's so, nice being surprised by that sort of thing. You hell know? yeah. And the same oh, way yeah. with, um, with even with friendships, I think sometimes you sort of, and God knows, I'm I'm not the e- easiest person to get to know quickly. Mm. Sometimes I am, but other times you got me on the wrong side. Then you're going to think I'm this. Yep. And then two, so many yeah. people have met me two or three times later and gone, oh, I thought you were a bitch and you're actually fine. <laughs> and oh. it's going, well, thanks. I think. Thank you. Um, but but I try to remember that when someone gives me a, a really bad impression. Yeah. Right. I try to kind of go, okay. Are you just having a bad day? That's, or that's might just be... there, but let's. Try not to, because we've got to work with people all the time. Yeah. You know? We're often having to work with somebody who might go, I really don't want to hire that person again, but you might mm. have to work with them again. Yep. You might get cast in the same thing. Yeah. And so you sort of have to 
compartmentalise those impressions. You've just got to get on. Like, can we not all just get on? Come on, everyone. Yes, come on. Let's just love each other. Unless you're an asshole. Yeah. And you can fuck off. Um, yeah, it's like, well, kind of my sort of sort of boyfriend who's not, who's overseas. I'm like, he's, you know, he was like, uh, anyway, it's complicated. Um, <laughs> but we've broken up, but we haven't. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just... He, he did like he's younger. Um, he's kind of has quite a sort of corporate job. Um, like all these things that I was just like, nah, nah, nah. Wasn't kind of terribly open and out with his family. I made a vow years ago. That's a deal breaker for me. You got to be out to your family. I'm not going to be anybody's roommate or you know, fuck that. I'm not going to you know. Um, but all these kind of you know crosses against his name, and you know fell in love pretty. Quickly, well, just, he, he is a big idiot. Yeah, he, he's, he's pretty a funny. Massive dickhead. <laughs> oh my god, you've got no idea. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was like the first time. Like we met on an on an app. Oh, did you? Yes. And the first oh. time he came round was for a root, and the second time he came round was for a root, and then the third time he came round was to drink red wine and play Scrabble. Oh. Uh, and you know, we just. So it kind of went from there because we, you know, we actually talked after the route. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it helps. So, yeah, so if someone's a dickhead, that's a very attractive for D- me. Dickhead very, in a good way. In a good way, yeah, yeah. Not in if a... If someone's a bit silly and mucks around. Silly you know, people. A bit wrong good. and a bit rude and yeah. he's willing to give a bit back, when, you know, and, and, you know. I love silly people, but I, but if they're silly people who can't get shit done, that drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have met a few of those that have gone, oh, you're the best, you're really silly, and then I go, you're really unreliable. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, I, and I'm not talking romantic partners Mm-mm. necessarily here. I'm thinking more just like, you know, yeah, there's people that you kind of go, yeah, you're uh, great, wait, uh, nothing gets, why have you not done that? Uh, yeah. It's endearing up to a point. Yeah. yeah. But most of the people I really like seeing who I only see every now and again, Mm-hmm. And those, they'll be friends I've had for 10 years or 20 years or whatever. They're really, they're really daft in a good way. Yeah. And you just turn up and go, I really like seeing you. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about that with um, Ben Bennett, who I think is going to do a podcast with me uh, as well, yay. who's a great um, uh, songwriter, cabaret artist oh, and Kate Bush awesome. fanatic. Yeah. Um, and the loveliest person in the world. But just mm. that he was, he was waxing lyrical about, those friends that you don't see for ages but mm. that you just pick up with. Yeah. And that that's really nice. Yes. Yeah. And that's it. As I get older, I'm a pretty kind of laid back guy. It takes a lot to kind of get me riled up. And I'd, I know. I'm, I'm amazed. We've been friends for so long. Well, yeah. But it's just because who's got time for drama? And that's one thing that... that I'm amazed. We've been friends for so long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know people who like... Um, you haven't seen each other for a while and you just pick up and that's a wonderful thing. Or And then there are people that you haven't seen for a while and when you meet again they get really angry because, well, haven't you called me? You shut up. I was like, well, it's two-way street. We've both been busy. We're both as bad as each other. Let's just, you know. But um, and, um, I, every now and then I'll sort of meet someone and I think it's sort of younger. It seems to be a trait. Like I think as you get older you get less drama-y. Um, yeah. And uh, you when know, you're I, younger, you're probably trying to build what you think is your life and yeah. the pe- and cast it. Yep. Yes. Yep. I mean that in a nice way. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. 
And I, you know, I think like my, my um, niece, who is fantastic, she's brilliant, but she kind of went through a period like in her early 20s where in her friendship group, like there was, oh, my God, well, Sharon's not talking to me because, um, you know, I uh, did this and then, then she said that and I heard that so-and-so said that. It was just constant kind of drama. Dra- everyone was always not talking in her friendship group. And I remember being sort of younger and that sort of thing happening, that there was always something going on. And that just doesn't happen anymore. But do you remember like we met when we were both in a play mm. together and do you remember that feeling at the end of a play where you just got so close so quickly yeah. and it's like we're going to have a cast party and like, hey, um, we're the best of friends, I'll make sure you keep in touch and you don't. And then it's heartbreaking. It's a little breakup yeah, yeah. every time it happened yeah, yeah. until you've been in the industry for long enough and you go, it's going to be fine, I'll run into that person in eight months. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's like you, you you make a little family and then that family just stops seeing each other. And it's it's, it's too hard to deal with. So and maybe part of that is that, that we're in an industry that does that. Yeah. And that you start to go, oh, no, it's okay. Yep. And I feel more now like the world's smaller. So like the, when yep. I say I don't do really big goodbyes anymore because I just kind of go, well. Oh, I'll see you again. I'm going to see you again. It's yep. a small, I say all the time, it's like it's a small town. It's a small Small world industry. in a way. Yeah. And we will it's a small industry, that's a whole other conversation. which is why I don't understand, you know, those performers that like to piss people off and you know, throw tantrums and get their own way. And it's like, well, there's a finite number of people who are gonna be willing to work with you. Yeah, I but I but I also think we're all gonna have our moments. Like we're yeah. all gonna have a moment where we're really stressed and we're overworked and underpaid and you're trying to keep everything together and you're going to have a fizz and if people know it's a fizz, then they'll be okay. And some people get really not – I can have those moments because I'm constantly doing 600 things and trying to run them all Mm. and um, I don't have any explosions or anything but I might be a bit short or direct that comes across to people who are sensitive as – as yeah. rude. Hmm. And I've worked with people like that too and going, fuck, that's a bit rude. Oh, wait, that's how I talk when I'm trying to get shit uh, done. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Yep. So there's that and we f- have to forgive each other for that because yeah. it's not an easy but, I- industry. Know, there are some. But if you start flipping chairs and not turning up on time consistently mm. or being told time and time again, can you please bring this thing to the rehearsal and... That never happened. You've forgotten your legs again, haven't you? Yes. Uh, or, yeah, the mm. like. Yep. Then that's when I go, I've got the luxury in those instances where it's oh. happened to say, I'm not going to hire you. Yeah. Not to your face. I just won't hire you. Yeah. Again. Because that, I, can't, I can't work with that and that's me not taking care of everybody else. Yep. You know? A whole, this is a whole other podcast. It is, isn't it? <laughs> it's the same with get like sometimes. No, I can't say that. Oh, that was a tantalizing little. No, well, you know, I'm really <laughs> lucky. I get to, I get to do a lot of <clears throat> really fun things and put people in who I think are good. Like mm. you came and sing at the Bowie night and at my 40th and um, hopefully you will be doing the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre fundraiser, 14th year, which is on I think the 9th of April. It's on sale now. It's going to be at the Toffin Town on Sunday during the Comedy Festival and we're doing all split-end songs. Yay. So I've got to... I'm sort of trying to ah. trying to get that ball rolling because I'm hosting and trying to get the musicians all sorted. But that kind of thing, that's a fundraiser. We're all doing that for free. Yeah. 
but you still kind of go, okay. You got to work hard. It's not turn up and oh, I yep. think I know the song. It's just you know, everyone's just, working, and you've only got to learn five minutes, and that's yep. it. I think people are generally pretty good. They're good with that yeah. one, but there's some other ones where it's not a charity <laughs> gig that sometimes you kind of go, yeah. Mm, come on. Yeah. Come on. Yep. It's, it's about everyone. It's not about me. It's actually yep. about everyone. Yep. I know I'm the one out the front who's in the big sparkly costume, but this is actually about everyone. Totally. Yep. <laughs> yep. For quite an abrasive person, I actually am scared of pissing people off, mm. except when I'm not. <laughs> I understand completely. Transition. How's my option brain? Mm, great. <laughs> great. Um, except your monopoly are missing. You look like the big, the top hat and the, uh, the uh, ice skate and the, <laughs> the car. We'll, we'll replace bu- them with buttons. I'll have to find a place to edit in and say, mm-hmm. I don't know, thank you for doing it. Go on. You know, well, for yeah. doing Bang on the Strillers. First one for 2017. Oh. Sorry, I've had a little gap, people. Oh, that's right. Um, Pleasure. That was it was, it was it was us just talking about stuff we normally talk about. I did say that it's just us talking normal shit. Yep. Um, usually we talk more about. We're usually um, a bit spit roasts. Filthier than yeah. Yeah. I'm never. I'm going to be thinking about the logistics of a spit roast now. Yep. I mean, th- of all the sexual relationships where, yeah, let's face it, a lot of things can go wrong. Yeah. Why did you have to make that one harder? Yeah. Sorry. Uh, it's really going to put me off now. Well, you, I'm going to feel know, the expectation. I really feel like you're. Um, I've really curtailed your whole um, spit roasting, ex- you know, experience. The big joke being, yeah, like I've seen a cock for the last three years, but. Well, we, we've been hanging out a bit. So. <laughs> By the way, could you put your pants on? All right. Don't forget me to send me that high-res pic. Oh, yeah. The cool. high-res dick. Yep, great. Okay, good. Thanks. Right. Thank I'm you, Scott there. Brennan. Thank you, Jordan Quinn. The inherent problems with the spit roast position. Wheels and Degrassi Junior High and his terrible luck. Silver foxes and load-bearing cops. I did warn you. I really did warn you. Please do subscribe. Tell other people about the podcast. Um, news about the Patreon soon and hopefully a new album. A new album! Yay! Favourite Monopoly piece? Top hat. I would always pick the top uh, hat. What's I yours? can't decide. Mm. Shoe? Oh. I like the shoe and I like the dog. Oh, yeah, the dog's good. Yeah, I always like the top hat. I don't know why. It's just a pleasing shape. I like sticking the top hat on my little finger. Yep. And pretending my little finger's a rich man. Man, my finger's a rich man. man everybody. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's how rich people talk. That's <laughs> why <laughs> we'll never be rich because we don't talk <laughs> Favourite Monopoly piece you, piece you really ask the big. I've lost you now. Don't have an eye. I've lost you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we need to go and find the happy place. <laughs> no.